0: I think this is probably going to be a simulcast between My Rules Are Better and Long Funk. They do happen occasionally, and they happen in particular when I travel. And I think this is a very interesting example of combined themes between Long Funk and My Rules Are Better. Folks may remember, if you're a listener to My Rules Are Better, that last recording I had a wonderful chat with Barney Dicker. And part of this chat related to Warhammer fantasy playing. Now... In a few weeks' time, a short amount of time, I am going to be having lunch with Steve Jackson and Ian Livingston. And I'm going to be doing this in part as an homage to hmm, a misspent youth, let us say. But one of the things that fascinates me about Steve Jackson and Ian Livingston is how little they had to do with Games Workshop other than, and here is my hypothesis, other than the hiring of people in The capacity of doing a variety of things at Games Workshop. That's my hypothesis. I went out to breakfast with my wife on Friday, last Friday. And we had a particularly high-calorific breakfast. You have this experience frequently in the US, that you'll go and say to yourself, I'm just going to have eggs and bacon. Easy. Maybe a little toast. Keep it simple. And we got to the restaurant and we realised that they didn't serve eggs and bacon. So I thought, okay, what's the next best thing? Um, well, what is available here? I don't think what the uh, the term is. I can't think of what the term is. Like Eggs, ham on bread, hollandaise sauce. There's a term for this. There's a food. Welcome to my mindset. You'll find more of this through this very recording. Anyway, I ordered that. I was calorifically overwhelmed by just the sheer quantity of calories. And I realised as I got back to work, and Friday is usually a busy day for me, that I could take lunch off and experience two things that I wanted to experience in Sacramento. There were two boxes that I wanted to tick. This podcast recording is about the first box. I will talk about the second box in a subsequent podcast recording. But the first destination I wanted to go to was a place called Great Escape Games in Sacramento. And I had a sense that this was my kind of game store. In order to get there, because my wife had come with a car and then gone off to do her... What was she doing? I don't know. The course that she was doing, which was machine embroidery related, that I would have to get a lift to Great Escape Games. Called the lift, travelled out, had a wonderful conversation with the driver, ended up in the middle of nowhere in a strip mall, being dropped off by the driver and thinking, well, Great Escape Games is going to be close by. Turns out Great Escape Games wasn't close by at all, and... It was about, I don't know, what do they say here? Like 97, which I think is about 34, maybe 33, 34. Really quite hot. And so I spent about 20 minutes discovering where Great Escape Games was. It involved going into some fast food outlet, I think, a Loco, buying a small drink to sustain myself as I wandered through what was effectively one of the hotter summer days in Sacramento. And eventually ended up at Great Escape Games Kind of bleary-eyed as one does When one comes in from the heat Now, Great Escape Games is a beautiful game store There was lots of stuff laid out initially And I discovered by the first I don't know what you'd call it Little thing that juts out into the room, basically Behind it, there was a magazine rack That had a bunch of really old white dwarfs in it And I thought, well, that's a good thing But my plan was to go through the entire game store And catalogue everything with my eyes And then make a decision about what interested me through this So I wandered through the game store quite comfortably With the view that I hadn't really seen anything They had a very small selection of bolt action miniatures Which are really the only things that interest me They didn't have a lot of metal miniatures They certainly didn't have the classic old Citadel figures Which don't really exist anymore The metal blister packs that are old, kind of sun faded Where they're just trying to get rid of their last bits of stock Nothing like that Instead, I wandered around for about 20 minutes until I found the fourth edition of Warhammer Fantasy Roleplaying. Now, when I had a conversation with Barney Dicker only about a week or so ago, I had noted that the thing that I loved about Warhammer Fantasy Roleplaying was that it had so many different classes, so many different experience, professional components to it, That you could create characters that were mapped in a variety of different directions Almost like a a choose-your-own-adventurer of professional guidance through this thing And Barney hadn't noticed that I mean, maybe he played it a while ago I don't know Anyway, I picked up this thing and I thumbed through it And it was quite heavy And I thought, I'm going to have to carry this out of the store But I thought, oh, there are a few more glass cabinets I've just got to look through some more stuff I kept on looking and I kept on walking my way around and then I noticed in one of the glass cabinets there were a series of people's old armies, old Warhammer armies and Warhammer 40,000 armies and I looked at these things and then my eye just darted down and I saw a pile of Citadel journals. Now for folks who don't know, the Citadel journal is an embracement, embracement is that a word anyway, an embracement of everything that is slightly off kilter, slightly nerdy in one extreme kind of just really just generally dubious about the Games Workshop hobby and I absolutely love the Citadel Journal I think it's probably one of the best things Games Workshop has ever produced and curiously most of them were published between about 2000 through to about 2003 although there are some in the late 90s as well and they really just embrace the fact that the Games Workshop hobby is the least cool thing you could possibly ever want to do you know it talks about house rules the whole Metaphysical constraint of my rules are better Embodied in small format magazine form And I picked up a pile of these things And I just thought I'm going to take these back My wife and I were staying at an Airbnb in Sacramento I'm going to take these things back to the Airbnb And when I have some time When I'm not working I'm going to thumb through these things So I took them back And there was a time on Saturday When I wasn't working And I opened up the Citadel journals. And I looked at them. And so many memories came back. I have this view that Citadel journals are really about, you know, when I need them in my space, in my consciousness, they will turn up, they will show up. And I give them away when I get them to other like-minded folk. And then when I need them again, they just show up. There's a strange... I don't know, kind of cosmic force relationship between me and Citadel Journals, that when I need them in my life, they will just show up. And this is exactly what happened in Great Escape Games in Sacramento. I had a need in my life for the Citadel Journals, and they just showed up. Now, when I was reading through the Citadel Journals, I came to a realisation. And that was that a fellow I knew once quite well, who used to paint my miniatures for me when I lived in the UK? A gentleman by the name of Fred Reed had featured, I mean, he also featured in White Dwarf, but he also was heavily featured in the Citadel journals. And I realized that the journals I had purchased were not actually the journals that he featured in. So I went back and I found the main Citadel journal that features Fred Reed, and I quickly picked up a copy on eBay. So it's coming to me. A necessity. But then I went back and I thought about this. Now, Fred and I had been friends on Facebook for the longest time. I think our last correspondence was in about 2015. But he, as many people did, particularly through, I think, the last election cycle in the US, he greatly reduced his friendship group on Facebook to being just people he knew. Uh, well, actually, just family members. Because I had met Fred Reid on one occasion when we lived in the UK together. He also moved to the US. He married an American and moved out here a little bit after my move out here. And like I said, we kept in contact till about 2015. So I thought, why don't I reach out to Fred to see what he's doing? Because he doesn't paint anymore. He doesn't paint miniatures at all. What he does is he makes elaborate pieces of cosplay, wearable stuff. He's made a a giant orc mech recently. He does all these crazy things. He made a bender that's the robot on Futurama does all these things right but making this stuff as opposed to painting miniatures now so i reached out to him and i asked him if i could commission a piece of work associated with the orc pain boys which are the kind of horrible orc medics that go around the battlefield and try to sew up and patch up and you know fire large curious looking syringes into other orcs and things like that so i sent him an email to see how he was doing and also ask if he had any interest in making a, a pain boy accessory. And we've had some correspondence on this. We haven't yet settled on the thing. We haven't yet settled on a price. We haven't yet really settled on anything. But Fred is communicating with me again. And I do reflect heavily. I mean, the whole nature of going and seeing Steve Jackson the in Livingston is that I paid $500. These men aren't interested just in meeting me. I paid for this privilege. With Fred Reed, I pay for the privilege of our interactions. Our interactions were based purely on payment and, you know, perhaps a shared love of Citadel miniatures in some formative sense, but really it was a relationship that was an employer-employee relationship in some fundamental level. And I'm reflecting very heavily currently in my own life, what are these relationships that I am cultivating in the circumstance? But also it is a wonder to hold Citadel journals in my hand once again and to bring back Time-sliced memories It was interesting actually how little I remembered Initially holding them And then how I went through it And I'm like, ah, that guy's girlfriend is in this issue Ah, so-and-so and -and -and so-and-so is in this issue You know, just how this thing fitted together When you're dealing really with Probably 150 Very particular nerds in the UK That wrote for this magazine At any given time There are some amazing articles in there But unfortunately, the ones I had Didn't have any of those articles in them So... I'll pass them on for another generation and maybe somewhere in the future there will be more Citadel journals for me to discover.